Welcome to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim, and today we are discussing our Rapid Reads, which is book two for the Monk and Robot series and is A Prayer for the Crown Shy, which is by Becky Chambers. Uh, for more information on the books you can, or about the author, you can go back to the previous episode where we do have information about the author. Otherwise, the plot for this one is Sibling Dex and Splendid Speckled Mosscap return to Dex's society to allow Mosscap the chance to figure out if humanity has had their needs met. In the process, they both have to decide how they wish to continue to move forward and navigate their roles in life. So, Sarah, you did not like the last one. Did your feelings change on this one? So, I don't, I mean, yes and no. Um, because I can't say that I liked this one. Uh, it was more of an overwhelming whatever sort of feeling while reading it. But I guess it does feel, at least for me, because I think, I'm sorry, I'm not making any sense and I apologize. Um, but when we read the first book, if I'm not mistaken, were we reading that at the same time as the <laughs> Deadly Education book? No, Gideon the Ninth, no. I believe. Huh. Okay. I got a quick question for you guys. There's no like weird echoing going on, right? Because I'm a little worried that my microphone is picking up the speaker of you talking while also no you guys are talking okay i don't hear anything on my end okay um that's true we did read the first one during harrow no sorry gideon yeah <laughs> my brain is apparently not functioning at a very high level right now um well then i don't know what to say because i just was not having the first one i wasn't in the mood to read it and i just Maybe it's because Gideon also felt a little directionless at times. And so this, the other book also felt kind of directionless. I don't know. But what I do know is that I had just finished reading The Poppy War before uh -huh. starting this one. That book was a bit of a downer. Um, <laughs> so we, the recording for Poppy War won't come out until after this episode, just as a heads up for anyone. So, <laughs> oh, fuck, I ruined the magic. Sorry. Damn it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that, that book was a bit of a downer. And so, in a way, coming to a prayer for the crown shy, I still didn't particularly have any interest in reading it, but it did feel a little bit like a palate cleanser after that. And so I was able to tolerate it better. So it did what a cozy read is supposed to do. I fucking guess so. You know, <laughs> it's like I was reading it. I was like, oh, okay. I guess I kind of get it. It's still not quite what I would probably choose to read to like, you know, get over the, a darker book, but I can kind of understand, I guess. Um, and, that, and that's kind of the purpose is, is that a cozy read is supposed to like, just give you a chance to like recalibrate before you head into your next story before like that way then the previous story doesn't like really infringe on your next read or, you know, you, you kind of have just a chance to kind of like, reset you don't have a lot of a lot of like triggers triggers there's not a lot of triggers to it um so it kind of allows you to reset anything that might have like 
created emotional reactions in the previous book you read and not let that affect your next read, I guess. Does that make sense? Is this making sense? I believe that made sense. Okay. So you enjoyed this one a little bit more than the first one because it did serve kind of the purpose of a cozy read, even if it maybe is not like a must read on your list. Yes, yes. I did technically enjoy it more than the first one. Again, it's important to include that than the first one on that because I did not on its own be like, ah, oh, this is a good book that I will recommend to people. Um, now, it, you think in this case it's because it goes back into society and there are more characters than just the two of them? I mean, it might help that the robot is there from the start rather than taking like half a book to appear. Not that I ah, particularly okay. like Mosscap, but it's like we didn't have to go through this beginning part where Dex has to learn how to do tea service. And then like I, that part was extremely boring to me in the first book. Okay. All right. So then Kim, what did you think of this one? <laughs> um, so I, I have to put it into perspective of how I consumed this book. <laughs> um, you're so, very quiet i'm sorry does that help no i didn't know really know let me see oh. let me see oh any better leaning towards it okay i'll sit over here <laughs> um so how i consumed this book so we'll start off with i was finishing the poppy wars last night and then I wanted to watch the rest of a documentary I had started. And that took me till 1.30 in the morning. Then we got up to eat breakfast at, was it six or seven? I can't remember. And then we got in the car and drove home. So the way I consumed this was to listen to it half speed in the car with headphones on. And I promptly fell asleep. I, what, I thought, what? So it broke up right when you were saying you were, did you say you were listening to it like two and a half speed or just half speed? Cause it broke one up. And one, oh, and one and a half speed. One and a half speed. speed. Okay. And I promptly fell asleep and I had the best sleep I have ever had. <laughs> um, it was, and I was waking up for parts of it. So I, I, yeah, I was waking up for parts of it and I enjoyed the parts I heard when I was was conscious enough to really enjoy it. Um, and I have the gist of what happened because, you know, they went from town to town to town and things happened and they talked to people and, and they had their experiences. And, you know, they were both kind of um, trying to figure out what, what they wanted out of life. Um, but so my take on this is if you like um sleep stories which i love sleep stories but they're only a half an hour long typically and i wake up once the talking stops so if you want a book that's a sleep story that you can turn on and have it talking to you while you're sleeping and it goes through the entire book so it's several hours long and so you'll sleep through the night this was i highly recommend it because it is very calming there's nothing in the talking that makes you go, wow, I'm awake, you know? So um, I highly recommend it as a sleep story. <laughs> it was, I slept so good this morning. <laughs> in the car. I mean, I mean, 
te- technically, that still fits like the intent behind a cozy mm-hmm. room is it's not supposed to like like I, I, low stakes, low trigger. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was great. I enjoyed it. I slept very, 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 very well. It's it's being added to my my sleep story list because I have, I now have two books that I listen to to sleep to. So, what's the other one? The other one is called um, A Strange Little Place, and it's a collection of short story, not short stories, ghost stories by a podcaster that I listen to. He's got the mm. most fantastic voice. And so to just listen, I, I'm not listening to the stories. I, I listened to it the first time I had it. And so I know all the stories and I, I can, I can sleep to it, but he's got a fantastic voice. So I, I, I enjoy sleeping. To his voice. Got a, a deeper voice. He's got a very, yeah, very resonant voice and it's very nice. And he, and he doesn't, there's no ex, you know, there's no wake up points. There's nothing, even though it's ghost stories, there's nothing that startles me awake. So um, I love it. And it will play for like seven hours. So the entire night I'll wake mm-hmm. up to it, finishing up if I start at the beginning. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how I sleep. I, I don't, I don't have words for the two of you. <laughs> for me. <laughs> yes. Yes. For both of you. <laughs> um, okay. So, so you liked it. So I, I loved enjoyed. the way it ended. I loved the way it ended. Were you awake for that part? Yeah, I, I was awake for the beach. I was awake from when when they were going down the street, heading into the final big city. And um, what is his name again? The robot? Uh, Moscap. Moscap didn't want to go to the city. He wanted, he, you know, he didn't want things to end. And so they went off to the beach. Um, and then they, they talked about stacking up all the firewood. I'm like, oh, they're going to be there for days because they got to burn through all this wood. <laughs> And then off and playing in the water. Yep. Yeah. So I really enjoyed this. Um, it's slightly different than the first one. Because the first one, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. The first one I think is very introspective. It really focuses on sibling Dex and siblings death, Dex's role, self-role. While as this one, it seemed more centered on the function of society you know understanding how this society functions the way it does what makes this a soothing place to live so i kind of liked that um all the words just i could see it on your face you just went blank <laughs> Oh man, sorry. Yeah, I was I was thinking something and then the words were just gone. Just gone. <laughs> um, I really liked this one. I, I know I have a lot of quotes and like I was making com I actually was like writing comments to things I was reading in it. Um, but it, it felt like a slightly different story. And I didn't dislike that. You know, there were characters that were introduced that I was curious about. I, I you know, I even like was like, oh, you know, if, if the author wanted to do a story about the one um, Quivertex sleeps with, uh, like I could, like just a story focused on that person. Like, oh, I could, you know, happily read about 
that person, whatever their existence or the fisherman, you know, it was, it was nice to meet these other characters. And I was just as interested in them without it feeling like they massively changed the characters that were following. Um, the words are gone again. I don't think I was prepared for talking about this one. I don't know why. You um, chose to talk about this one. I know. Like, I'm prepared to talk about the other book that we're going to be discussing today. But, like, I'm trying to think about what I want to discuss with this one. And I, I have no thoughts. <laughs> so, what did, yeah, what did you guys, I mean, oh, Lordy. I apologize, listeners. I am, I am floundering. It's one of those days. Oh, man. Okay, the beach. Focus on the beach. We'll start with the ending. Um, Will we though? <laughs> I am. I am so sorry. I am literally sitting here going words. Think things, Amberly. Say things. Ask questions. And my brain's like, "Ha ha! What's a thought?" I will say I did like the beach scene. Um, okay. I used to go camping uh, at the beach when I was a little kid, so it did have like just a nostalgic feel to it. Um, even though I don't really like beaches that much, I like reading about them. <laughs> but actually, because the reality of a beach is that it's really sandy and it's really cold, usually. Hawaii wasn't well, that cold, but you know, in these parts. Yeah. But like the salt water, the salt water. I like beaches. I like theory. the campfires on the beaches and, oh, and, yes. and yeah, the cold and the heat so, and the yeah, it I it's it's very calming. It's I love it. And this, I'll be honest, it made me think of like a like more like northwest beach than like like a California beach. I don't know why. I just imagine that the sand's a bit more compact for, you know. So I got a huge Northern California vibe from this because they were talking about the massive trees um, when they went to the stump, which is the town I actually stayed awake for. And then I have no idea how many towns they went to after that. And then I woke up at the beach. Um, so did you, did you get would, his did you... family? I kind of, I got the tail end of him talking to his father. So I did. Oh, fuck. Their, their family. Their family. We lost Kim. She oh, is did we? broken. Yep. Oh, oh, she's back. Yep, I'm back now. Yeah. This is this irritating the crud well. out of me. I okay. can't figure out why I, I get. I this happens to me every time we do this. I, it's irritating. I'm in the same in house. The same using, house as Amber Lee. I know in the same house using the same internet. Now I am not hardwired. I am on. Oh, um, I'm Wi-Fi. not hardwired either. Yeah, but you're well, in a different closer position. To the router. Yeah, yeah. We've always had uh, kind of problems in this this corner of the house. Yeah. So, did you experience the fishing, Kim? no there was okay 
<laughs> yes, yes, there was fishing. Man, uh, I slept they well. Went, they went to a town where they used no modern commodities. Um, and so none of the people really wanted to come meet the robot because they had forsaken anything resembling that time in life. Um, mm. Except for one one guy who happens to go on like a, I don't know if it was the intent, but it made me think of like when the Amish do their like. The Rumspringa. Yeah. 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 He does some variant on that where he, I think he called it like a walk around or something where he chooses to go out and remember what society looks like and then come back once a year. Um, so he actually meets them at that town and says, will you come fishing with me? And um, Moss Cap says, I'll just watch. I don't, I don't fish. I don't. Oh, I remember that. He doesn't, yeah. part- it doesn't participate in hunting behaviors. Yeah. So they then go sit and, and do the fishing. Then they go to Dex's family's home. Then okay. they go to the beach. So you, you sound like you caught like most of it telling you well you skipped like two sections of a very short book so there's also that consideration to keep in mind (laughs) yeah um i lost my thought again so what was the conflict with the dad i i i I totally missed i was just curious if you had even gotten any part of it when they went to dex's family home Right. I got, I got the oh. final conversation. I'm wondering what, what the conflict actually was. I think, well, I, I, I think Dex didn't want their father to have to worry about them because they went into oh, a dangerous right. place. Yeah. Okay. So I caught, I caught when, um, I can't remember the robot's name again. Moscap, it just does not stick in my head at all um when he asked dex about it and and they explained that they didn't want their family to worry about them so yeah well and and because just a second i'm pulling it up um there was a portion in that part i'm pausing for just a second Okay, I was able to find what I was looking for. Um, I think also there was a key point and I highlighted it because it was something that I've never experienced um, that I think is kind of the key, any conflict there with the family. And it was, well, that's the nice thing about trees. Moss cat puts its hand, or no, nope. That was the quote before that, ignored that. Um, (laughs) It was always a strange thing coming home. Coming home meant that you had at one point left it and in doing so irreversibly changed. How odd then to be able to return to a place that would always be anchored in your notion of the past. How could this place still be there if the you that once lived there no longer existed? And so I think that's kind of the the conflict is is Dex is highly aware of the fact, they are highly aware of the fact and struggling. Um, They're highly aware of the fact that they're, they can never quite fit into home because they chose to leave home. Um, and I've, I'll be honest, I've never had a stationary home that never changed. So I've never experienced that. So I was like thinking about it and I was like, man, you know, even when, even when I went to college, we moved from London to Virginia and I never lived in Virginia 
Yeah, and then we so, Virginia to California. So you yeah, yeah. So coming back. I I never I never had a coming back moment. Life has always been changing. I I don't know what I don't know what that feels like. It was really weird. I could not relate to that whatsoever. What about when we went to England? No, because we we didn't ever go to where I had been living. We went to places I, guess I that's had true. visited. We didn't go to the area where I lived. So to address the area where you lived, you would be, according to your dad, because he's been back, um, yeah. you would be shocked. It, do, it's, it doesn't look the same anymore. The houses yeah. are still there, um, but they're, they're different now because they're occupied by British citizens rather than U.S. citizens. And they're, yeah. they've been handed over to the British people. But um, yes. that coming back thing... Um, not having read that part of the book because I was asleep. Um, but it is something that I can relate to because I did grow up in one house from, I was three months old when my parents bought their house. And I lived there till I was 18. Um, but I had a wanderlust. So I, I was, I guess I should relate to this character a lot, but I really don't. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say you have a wanderlust to pair those two decks who randomly went out into the woods because they just needed to find themselves. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. see why you wouldn't relate to that. <laughs> but that feeling of of not being able to go back and and the siblings not and I don't know if he had this in it, but this feeling they. that I had going back, they um, not being able to interact the same way anymore. There, it's it's you no longer have that that same sibling interaction because now you're adults and for a long time I was treated like I was still a child because I'm quite a bit younger than my siblings um and then suddenly they had to come to the realization that I was an adult and they were going to have to treat me as an adult and so yeah that was a fun experience but anyway that was random what about you Sarah did you have you had that experience with the whole coming back thing Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I've only ever had like three major homes because I moved when I was nine from the home I grew up in, but I don't really remember that one terribly well because I was nine when I moved and I probably you said you were dying. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying. No. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I've like looked it up and stuff on Google Maps just to see what the neighborhood looks like. Um, looks very different. Well, no, actually, it doesn't look that different, but the house looks different. The neighborhood looks similar. And then, like, I've after moving, I really haven't gone very far from that. What spot. about? Like, did you go to college? You went away I did to, go college, to college. Yeah. Was it weird yeah. coming back? You know, it, not real. Not really. Um, it kind of felt, uh, not great. Um, not weird, but just like everything was the same. So it felt like I had just, whatever progress I made in college was basically erased by coming back home. Um, however, uh, on the other hand, cause I lived at that college for four years when I went back to it, like, I don't know five six however many years later 
And I saw that the neighborhood around the school had changed a lot. That felt very weird. That was, I didn't like that. Um, but yeah, so that's like, I don't know, that's my experience. I don't know if that really aligns with what Dex is describing. I think almost it does because Dex really was trying to figure out how they could function within their family when their family was still essentially the same. Hmm. The dynamics were still the same, but they were different. Yeah, I guess coming home after college, it was just like sliding back into that person I had been before and just kind of becoming I don't know smaller. Why that doesn't surprise me just with how you are that you would just fit yourself back into the box rather than playing with the box as I say most most people go off to college and they come back and and that it's almost a conflict of I've been free and now you're the parents or the the rest of the family is expecting you to still behave um and there's there's a, a bit of conflict there um that's most people but it sounds to me like you just went okay nope I'm, I'm not gonna have conflict i'm i'm just gonna melt back into what i had to do before you're the path of least resistance sarah yep. <laughs> it was what was expected so i just did it <laughs> i know that's just it's kind of funny that's just your personality it works for you i get it <laughs> can you pause for a second um we were okay we were discussing the whole concept of going back home um yeah I, I can't relate to it I really like I try to think about like it's just for me we so, were constantly changing so if you move away mm -hmm. and then you come back to visit it in the time frame that we're still going to remain here that's probably the first time you're going to have that experience but it's going to have to happen in the future and that's if we're still here yeah i was gonna say and even then i don't know i don't know that my nostalgia for here would be enough to create that sense of struggle or if it would just be especially because you didn't grow up there you were already a grown adult when you moved there yeah, yeah. And, and my life is things constantly change. So I don't know that I would be thrown off by the change. Yeah. So, um, thank you. So the beach scene, we can go there now. Yeah. Cause I think that was the best scene out of, out of both books. I, I think that them deciding that they wanted to be together and and wanted to continue what they were already experiencing um yes i i i actually i love the platonicness of that mm -hmm. just the i don't i don't want life without you but there's no like romantic notion behind it it just simply is i like being in your company and i don't want to lose your company yep so i would like um a book where they go the other way where they go to the that sibling dax goes to the other the community. yeah that'd be kind of cool and be kind of curious to see how that works i think there's supposed to be another one i'm sure there will be 
I just can't remember if there will be. No, Sarah, I won't necessarily make you read it. For those who can't see her, she like tilted her head back and like stared up at the ceiling. Like if I don't look at them and engage, they won't. Maybe they won't make me make it. Make I wasn't looking it. at the ceiling. I was looking at the high wall just under the ceiling. Thank you. <laughs> those exact same things that I said. <laughs> like if I don't engage, they won't make me. <laughs> it was more like just bracing myself for a theoretical news yeah <laughs> oh man too funny well i'm i'm trying to think i don't know that there's much else to say okay so the other thing i liked and and i again i slept through part of this so it might have actually panned out in the story i don't know i liked the comparison between the first book and when Dex just absolutely refused to allow um, the robot, because again, I can't Moss remember Cap. his name, Mosscap, to do anything that was servient. And then in this one, Dex had to come to terms with allowing Mosscap to do the things that he wanted to do. And I, I, I kind of liked that. I that liked wanted that. to do, sorry. And I found it interesting that at the same time, Dex was contending with their discomfort that they weren't doing anything. Mm -hmm. As they're explaining to Mosscap how the pebbles work and realizing that their struggle is they feel like it should, you know, they're trying to talk about this ideal notion where you just allow things to play out as they're going to play out, but they're struggling with the fact that they aren't giving back anything for what they're taking. Um, so I found that contradiction interesting and that it didn't really resolve. Yeah. It just kind of was and just living in that moment of discomfort and then continuing to progress on. Um, that was kind of nice. I definitely could feel parallels to that with my current life. <laughs> And that, that notion that sometimes you have to just know that the balance isn't equal and there's not much you can do to equalize the balance. Um, and it's not a failure on your part to not be able to equalize. Just a second. Yeah, because now Faye's pushing her head through the door. Um, so I, I liked that part. I could appreciate that. I, I, could, I really could understand Dex's discomfort in this. Um, God, the words just left my head again. So why don't we finish this up? It's supposed to okay. be a, a rapid reads anyway. Yeah, so, so our ratings. So first is- How exciting. How exciting. Sarah, how exciting did you find this one? Th three. I thought you were going to say 13 and I was going to be very confused. <laughs> it was, I was just at the edge of my seat with excitement. <laughs> okay, Kim. Uh, three, but I slept beautifully. So it was good. It was all good. Um, I give this one a four. I give this one a four. I have no, I can't formulate the reasons why. It's just a four. 
So then him, ease of reading. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Five, <laughs> it was super easy to read. I slept beautifully. You could do it while being comatose. Again. <laughs> no, actually, I do intend to read it again. I do. And I intend to read it, not listen to it. Okay. What did you say, Sarah? Oh, I was just saying that for Kim, it's so easy to read. You can do it while being comatose. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about for you, Sarah? Ease of reading. Yeah, I would. I would give it a five. Same. It's an easy read. It's. It only takes like an hour or two at most. It's, it's not a struggle. Um. Kim, emotional reaction. I'll give it a solid four. I. 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 I laughed a couple of times. I don't remember the lines. I couldn't take notes because I was listening to it. Um, also, I apologize to anyone that the barking is being picked up on. The dogs are out. I can hear it. Yeah, I can. I hear know. It. Um, but I liked the end. That that ending that ending scene at the beach. It, it was that was beautifully written. And so yeah, I'll give it a solid four. Sarah, I'll give it a three point five. Okay. That's an improvement from last time, I think. Yes, because there was one specific line that did elicit some reaction. So I guess I have to give it more than a, you know, a neutral. What line? Wait for what the lines? Yeah. Wait for the quotes. No, no, no. What line? Kim is saying to wait for the quotes. No, nope. it's okay. What line? <sighs> Ronan. The line is it's at the end of chapter four and it's with the fishing scene and it says um all three sat still and together they held vigil as something that had never existed before and never would again ceased its struggling and came to an end nice what that was the thing that me. ceased its struggling what was it was the it fish. fish how did yeah. it not exist before well, that particular fish would have never existed before it was born. Yeah. That one particular oh, okay. individual. Okay. Yeah. I get it. I like it. Yeah. You probably slept through that point. They just I did. sat there for witness to the fish dying. And the, the fact that you have a robot, sibling decks, and an individual who does not partake in modern society all sitting there comfortably existing, like just being. Yeah, um, as for my emotional reaction, I, I'd give it a four. It, I, I, like I said, I made comments on it. I'm trying to think of like, <sighs> dogs are barking. They are. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I had like a profound comment anywhere. How did I wonder this all the time? Oh, <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, I had said, I wonder about this all the time. And so the quote is, I'm sorry, moved, stay here. Okay, makes you think what, Dex panted, of how any sighted individual's perception of the world is entirely based on the way Based on the way the structures in their eyes receive light, Moss Cap smiled at Dex. I wish I could borrow your eyes for a day. See what that's like. 
please find a less creepy way to phrase that. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I was like, I do wonder that because I have an astigmatism in my eye. Um, and so there are times where I'm like, how does my perception differ from other people's? Um, the primary being example being lights at night. I could not for the longest time figure out how people comfortably drive at night because it is very difficult for me. I have to be very careful about where I look at things because otherwise I have these bright bursts of light. And uh, Sarah, in fact, when we travel together anywhere we go at night, she she drive, insists on driving because she finds my <laughs> nighttime driving a little intimidating, scary. <laughs> intimidating or terrifying? Which is it? I don't know, the Sarah, what would you classify it as? Uh, the latter, as in terrifying. Terrifying, yeah. Um, and it also made me, like, I always wonder if the person who drew the first, like, nighttime star with all of the rays shooting out, if they had an astigmatism, <laughs> would we draw stars the way we do? If the first, first person who drew a star like that didn't have an astigmatism, they didn't draw it that way. I don't know if either of you have ever wondered no, that. No, I actually I've always had the argument in my brain of are colors actually what we think they are or are colors actually different for individuals. Um oh, Jesus. Alice home. <laughs> um so yeah, I, I think everyone has those thoughts. You know, if do we actually see things the same way and um yeah, I, I just, yeah, I loved. I don't, I don't think there's robot. any way to prove it one way or another. No, and I love this robot thinking the same thing. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, we've all decided universally what the color red is. But like, is red truly the same for, for each everybody. person? Yeah, um, obviously not because you have colorblind people. Yeah. But I mean, like, like the red that you're attracted to, Sarah, is that red that you're attracted to really due to a particular preference, that particular shade, or is, there, or is it your perception of that shade? Does that make sense? I mean, I don't know. She looks like she does not care one, one iota. <laughs> I get what you're saying, but you. like, yeah, I mean, obviously and the there's a certain amount of similarities between what the majority of humans see, majority being like non-colorblind people. I don't know. Yeah, I, I assume that colorblind people are more uncommon. Um, I mean, I don't really have anything to finish that sentence with, so you can just... uh Okay, Get we'll in there. Well, and, and the reason why I think of red for this, and this is going to sound really weird for people who don't know, red is one of Sarah's favorite colors, but she only likes very particular shades of red. Normal colors had, or shades, well, sorry. Normal shades of red, like most of them. But, and I say this as someone who has had to purchase slash make you things in a shade of red. And like what I assume is like a normal, acceptable shade of red, you will turn around and that won't be an acceptable shade of red. 
And so it's really weird that my perception of your favored red shades does not actually equal to you always equal to your favorite red shades. Well, I prefer reds that have bluer undertones. And sometimes you point out ones that are more like they have orangey or yellow undertones to them, um, which but is I, weird because I like orange and yellow as well, but with red. I don't mm. see the orange and yellow undertones in those reds. And that's where it's kind well, of interesting. there, man. But they are there for your eye. Like a fire truck red instead of a nice blood red no no i don't know <laughs> i don't see red that way which is why sometimes i do wish i could just like pluck out your eyeballs and like install them temporarily <laughs> i could i could relate to moss cap in that moment of the desire to just be able to like process and understand color the same way somebody else does so that way then i knew how to see color the way they do <laughs> that is funny but now that i have been creepy yep did anyone have any quotes any other quotes no sarah nope. i gave you the one i had because y'all were like you actually, it. you actually had one you've never had a yeah quote. i know on anything I've had the quotes before in some of the very early books back when yes. I tried more when you tried more <laughs> all right when you stop um, making me read books I didn't want to read on that note our intro and outro music is by <laughs> wait a second girl lady woman um <laughs> Y'all forgot to do the final star rating. Yeah. Oh, I did. My brain is functioning so well. Okay, Sarah, what was your overall rating? Oh, I didn't give it one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I think I gave the one a two or a 1.5. I'm not even sure. I guess I would give this a three. Okay. That's, that's pretty solid. It's an improvement. Yeah. Will we be able technically to get, better? Would we get be able to get you to read Cozy Fantasy again? Is the question. Probably not from this author. Okay, fair, fair. But you've not completely ruled out exploring Cozy Fantasy. <sighs> it would strongly depend on the description. Okay. Can't force you into reading one. <laughs> you don't want to commit. You can uh, force me into reading one. You do it all the time <laughs> with other books. So, you know. Yeah, what was your overall rating? I gave it a four. Okay. Uh, I think. You gave it a five on Goodreads. I did I not. Did. No, 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 no. I was talking to Amberly. Oh, okay. Uh, I remember I this one. Actually, I would actually put a 4.75. That's what I gave it on ah, Storycraft. Nice decimals. Yeah, because um, I do like the first one a little bit better, oddly enough. I, I like the first one better, but I like engaged with this one more. Um, so any final thoughts? Have I forgotten anything? Anything anyone wanted to say? I can't think of anything else. Okay, then... <laughs> Our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile. 
from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Bookpile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can also support us on bookshop.org. Our link is available via our social media. You can email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs>